Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. You're listening to the Jersey Ghouls. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And Jackie, you know how I know it's winter? How? Because I'm freezing my buns off, no matter how many layers I have on. The fact that I'm indoors and the fact that, like, I have 12 pairs of socks on. Yeah, you know, take take note, Stephen Bay. We are wearing multiple layers and it's not even 1992. It is 2021, <laughs> and we have so many layers on. Oh my gosh, we do. And I'm so cold that I'm literally wearing my hood unironically. I'm just yeah. wearing it because I'm cold. <laughs> the top of heat- my head is cold. <laughs> I have a heater. I find that if I wear a hat when I'm feeling like the shivery cold, that it helps. In- so I've literally, like my grandma, my Cuban grandmother, taken to wearing my wool cap in- indoors. But tonight nice. I just went with a hood. Yeah. I have to say that I'm lucky my setup in the office where, where my my desk is it is directly the heat register uh blows directly underneath me so this is the one room in the house where i can sit in just a t-shirt without socks on and not be freezing cold yeah because oh the heat thing i literally i can put my little tootsies and put right my tootsies right on the heat oh, vent and i can feel heaven. it pumping out like super hot air so yeah i this is the one spot i can do that so yeah. Now I literally have like a little mini heater that's pointed right at my face. Nice. And then, yeah, <laughs> and then I have literally like three pairs of socks on. But anyway, it's winter. What do we expect, right? It's the dead of winter. This is the, the bad time of year. I like to call this the Higa time of year because um, I'm a big fan of Higa. Higa. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What is Higa? Higa is like a Nordic tradition of and like for all the cold super cold countries that go through super long horrible winters where people can't even go outside Mm -hmm. it's like basically this like philosophy that like and i i'm not even gonna act like i'm smart i learned it from frozen the musical so before you think i'm trying to be (laughs) academic here yeah i I learned it from frozen the musical and what it is is it's basically learning to embrace the months of the year where you're kind of meant to just lay around under blankets and not do anything and like not have a life and it's like higa is basically the spirit of this season where like it's all about being warm by a fire it's all about sitting home and snuggling up it's all about you know just kind of doing nothing and and they rather than let the let the you know elements and let the dreariness and the darkness of the winter get them down they embrace it as a beautiful time of year to kind of just be antisocial and be indoors and snuggly and i'm i'm here for it yeah, well we've had um you know 10 months of practice with staying <laughs> that's, home that's and, right uh, some more than others yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah you know so i think yeah no see now here's you know what i i i can only imagine no let me rephrase that i can't imagine what it's like to live somewhere where it's like so cold you can't go outside and i am a person that loves the winter loves snow would take a snowy winter day over summer any day of the week like i you know and when we get old when everybody is going to go retire to florida like i want to go north i want to go new england i love the cold i love the winter um i'm like super super jealous of our friends that live places that get way more snow friend of mine lives in new hampshire and when we got that snow recently 
in Jersey, we had a you know fair amount of snow for the first snow of the uh, the first snow of the season. Yeah, it was a good. It got like well over two feet, and I was so jealous because I just I want all the snow. Uh, so like any like any any movie that we watch that has a lot of snow like in the Nordic countries like when we were watching Rare Exports I'm like I just want to live there all year <laughs> with like my little wood burning stove and snow constantly. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan too. A lot, in fact, a lot more than than most of the people in my life. I feel like a lot of my the, my people have like seasonal affective disorder. So I'm in a I'm in a bind because I love I love this time of year too. And I actually I'm with you. Like, give me blankets and hot cocoa and all kinds of snuggles. And and that in that spirit, we kind of chose what? Oh, you! Wow, you don't even know that you just did that, did you? What? You've been in South Jersey too long. What? You just called it cocoa. No. Yes, you did. <gasps> yes you did oh jackie i'm ruined <laughs> you are you, you've officially been in south jersey too this long because you'd oh, wait until you play it back south jersey wait until you play it back you called it coco coco in my home home <laughs> i'm gonna call you on the phone and we can oh, talk about God. I you've been in Coco. south jersey too long my love ew, we, ew. we need the pandemic over so we can ship go you to back north up jersey. to new yeah. york you gotta ASAP. go to new york i need 50 cc's of north jersey stats <laughs> Uh, or I need to hang out with like uh, Mike from Toy Go Around for a couple hours because he's you got know. like the nice you, thick Brooklyn accent. You guys need you know, it. Like, you, you really we, we got to get you. We got to get uh, you up to, to New York is, City. That is not okay. Oh my gosh, Jackie. <laughs> now I'm depressed. Um, yeah, no. So we chose two movies tonight to drink with our cocoa that are <laughs> that are in the spirit, in my opinion, of of the isolation and dreariness and and the snow and all the winter goodness. Um, so we chose Scare Me from this year to, from ah last year. We chose Dead Snow from two thousand and nine. I had never seen Dead Snow. I don't think I've seen Dead Snow all the way through. Dead Snow was one of those movies where. You know, it would be on Netflix, it would be on Amazon, and I would put it on and I would start watching it and I would get distracted or I had it on in the background. I never watched it from start to finish, but I know that was a movie that I don't remember who it was. I remember it had been recommended to me by somebody, um, maybe like a former coworker. I don't know. I just know at one point somebody was like, have you seen Dead Snow? And I was like, I don't think so. And they were like, Nazi zombies and I was like well, yeah. that sounds fun yeah. so yeah I've never this is first viewing start to finish like sitting down and actually watching it and and it was you know what for being a, a early 2000s horror it wasn't bad yeah no I, I'm with you so I, I gotta say I had the same experience it was always one of those ones that people talked about but I had never actually sat down and watched written and directed by Tommy Workola comes out in 2009 uh, the sequel quickly follows well not quickly follows it was until 2014 but I and I, I will say I started the sequel and I'm so far pleasantly delighted um, <laughs> but yeah this was this was a fun wintry watch especially because it's so much of the atmosphere has to do with like a snowy fjord somewhere you know yeah. um but I, my first big thing that I want to kind of run by you is the sad realization I've come to that if in, if in the event the next step of madness for, for our life is zombies and they happen to move quickly, I am beyond effed. Like, I don't even know that I'm going to try. Like, I think I'm just going to be like, you win because I'm not the fastest person in any group I'm in. <laughs> You know what? Part of me would always say that, you know, I'm not athletic, you know, but I think the adrenaline will get me going. And then 
we did that Dark Hills event where we were in camp <laughs> and they were chasing us and we were legitimately running. And there were times where I was like, <gasps> I can't do it. I'm like, just go. I would tell people, people were trying to protect me. And I was like, go, just let me go. I'll die. It's fine. We can end I, the game. Yeah. No, I died because <laughs> I could not run anymore. Like I'm not even in front. Like oh, yeah. I was running and running. And then I stopped because I was so fucking winded. And yeah, I was exactly. like, and I then at that point, just like any true person in a moment of fight, flight or flee, tried to bargain my way out of it. You're like, what, Jason, I got a, I got a, do- a box full of 20s. What can I do for I you? Like, <laughs> you really want to kill me, guy? No, oh, man. It yeah, was no, I, I would, I had always said, I think the adrenaline rush will push me through the pain. And then I experienced to a certain degree, immersive horror at Dark Hills. And no, my fat ass was just, I, I would be cleaved in two in real life. Yeah, no, me too. I w- and I wouldn't, I just wouldn't have the stamina for it. All these, mm. g- bless these kids for being so into uh, no. being no, able to I, be in shape. If I can't distract zombies with my boobies, then then I'm shit out of luck. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, And I have to say, <laughs> I have to say that I, the other big thought I had was I really want to drive a snowmobile. Can we put that on the bucket list? Yeah, snowmobiles are fun. I've never driven a snowmobile. They're fun. It's yeah. been many, 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 many years since I've been on a snowmobile, but yeah. no, they're good. Snowmobile, like I said, God, snow is just the fucking best. Like one of my favorite moments in this movie when they were like, well, we're all here. What are we going to do? And fucking Johnny Snowmobile grabs the big tube so everybody can go tubing. Like that's yeah. the best thing. I'll tell you right now, for as much as I love snow and winter and the cold, I'm not a skier. I'm not a snowboarder. Like I have no balance, no athletic ability. So that's out. But you want to put me in a, an inflatable tube and pull me or like shoot me down the mountain in an inflatable tube. I'm here for that. Let's do it. So I was so, so like that's that's what I want. I want to just sit in the inflatable tube and have somebody snowmobile me around and like fling me out. That's fine. Yeah, that looks fun. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's all looked really fun. Um, I also, I have to say, like when they pulled up, I was like, I'm kind of here for like a nice remote cabin in the woods. I, this is beautiful until I saw that they had to go in an outhouse. I was like, oh, I'm out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Because yes, I am not a... pulling my pants down in, in that weather to go on the potters. That is as, not as, needed. As much as I would, uh, you know, uh, my boyfriend is is much more outdoorsy and avid hiker and things like that and camped and, you know, has done the whole nine. And I've said, I'm like, I want to try it. I will say this. I I legitimately would like to try camping. Like not. Oh, no, you should come with us. You know, like not like you know, glamping in the, in the RV or anything, but like legit, like I want to put my little cot or my little sleeping bag on the ground and sleep. Like I want to camp. You'll never want to sleep on the ground again. Once you sleep in a hammock in trees, it's amazing. Uh, The last time we went, Mary gave me one of her little hammocks and we Mm -hmm. tied it to a tree and it it was like being in a little cocoon. It was great. It was so much more comfortable than I I could even imagine it would be to be in the tent. Yeah. As long as you don't mind just being out there. Yeah. I say all that with zero experience and pretty much 
the label of indoor girl. So, but yeah. I, I'm willing to try. I'm very much willing to try. But yeah, like, I don't know. I think an outhouse might be a deal breaker. Oh, on a vacation? A hundred percent. Like in my head, camping and vacations are two separate entities. Like yeah. I go camping because I really want to hit a trail or because I really want to get out and like be the outdoorsy girl for a weekend. But that, then I need a vacation after that. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, I am not going to pretend I'm out. Like, I, I mean, our friend, our partner, Mary from Three Crones, is she is a, like, outdoorsy girl through and through. Like, she is so good at being outdoors. I am not. And when I do it, I'm, like, really proud of myself. And I also feel like I deserve all, like, a spa day afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with that being said, it is cool. You should come with us next time we all go. Um but yeah, no, if I'm going on vacation for like spring break and there's an outhouse, I'm a, I'm a hard no on that one. All right. So let's see here. So I, you know, obviously the whole idea of winter and isolation is, you know, in both movies. Uh, I also enjoyed how uh, both, both movies have homages to other horror movies, like very both much. movies very meta. And it was so much fun because of course, when you've in dead snow, you've got this group of, you know, six people, you know, going up to the cabin for the weekend. So I'm always like, all right, so like, which one am I, which one's Marissa? Like I always kind of have to assign the stuff. And uh, unfortunately, um, yeah, I, I pretty much assigned myself to the chubby guy that knows movies. Oh, but me like too. The, yeah, like I, I, I assigned myself as the chubby guy that does the movie trivia. <laughs> and like wears that's, the, that's the uh, Dead Alive t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely with the Dead Alive t-shirt. And it was so funny because it was such a wink and a nod to, I think this is such a Splatterfest film. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was a very Dead Alive homage in many ways. Um, but yeah, no, I'm that character too. If it makes you feel any better, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely related to him on numerous levels. I also kind of felt like one of the things that I was so impressed with, and you're right, the more I'm looking at it, the more it seems like it is a Nordic tradition. They, they are claiming that Vikings wore dreadlocks. So who am I to say? Um, but one of the things I loved was how wholesome their fun really was. Like, yeah. I, if this was, I felt like if we were watching American kids, they'd be like, you know, doing things that are so cringy, so hypersexualized. So they were like, let's have some beers, play some games. We play a twister. We're going to like go outside and race down the hills with snow things. Like I just, I was so impressed with how they felt so almost endearingly sweet to me in their mm -hmm. vacation like these are a bunch yeah. of med students who are just like literally and even when the harbinger comes and he's as creepy as hell mm -hmm. and he literally drinks their beer and rolls a cigarette and is so awkward they're polite they're never yeah, they rude. let him in yep they give him you coffee know? he insults the coffee and they're yeah. like oh, they don't say boo right yeah like, I, just, I have I have him in my notes as Nordic discount Harvey Keitel. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's funny, though, because it's like in an American movie, you would expect them to be mouthy, them to be rude, them to insult him and him to storm out. And they don't do any of that. And it's yeah. I, it's a cultural thing, right? Like it just to me, it was just like a hey, don't forget, Americans are giant assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Because these kids were adorable to one another and at no point were, uh, to me, were rude to the Harbinger, even if he deserved it. Because don't come to my house and then insult my coffee. I'd have been like, yeah. fuck off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. Um, but then again, we're American. So, we're, you know. Um, 
I also thought this movie, not so much as the next one, but this one did an okay job with horror and comedy. I found myself giggling at the dads and like at some of the comments. Uh, Some of the stuff annoyed me, but I think it was tongue in cheek. Like when they were like, women scare easy, you know, like little things like that. Like I was like, I felt like a lot of it was a wink and a nod to traditional stuff. So it didn't bother me. There is something that bothered me. (laughs) I was just going to say, I'm like, should we get to the elephant? dookie in the room yes we the, the elephant in the outhouse yeah. <laughs> should, we, should we get to that the the worst the uh-huh. jackie we have watched some pretty horrific things in the past three years of this podcast right we have really explored the darker side of horror at many moments i was watching this film and i never felt more just a pit in my stomach of pure nauseous disgust that I did with the scene in this movie. And my favorite part of why we will always be soulmates is when I messaged you, I sent like 20 different gifts of people vomiting. And I was like, I have been disturbed in a way that will never be undone. And you'll know when you get there, you immediately did. Yeah. So uh, just just to fill our audience in. Uh, so the the chubby gentleman who I mentioned earlier. Like, but he's like the token fool character. Like, you oh, know absolutely. I mean? like, he's yeah. not, he's not good looking. He's, and it's not because of his weight, because I'm a beautiful woman of substance and I don't care. Like, yeah, we are. But, yeah. <laughs> no, he's just, yeah, he's, he's, he's like, talky, the, like, yeah, he's goofy. He's whatever. Right. So he, he goes to take a giant shit and he announces it. So it's not even like, oh, he just went in the outhouse. No, he literally is like, I'll be right back. I got the kids go off at poop. the pool. Right. Yeah. He, he says, I got to go poop. So he goes out to the outhouse and he goes poop. Now there's this new, like this new friend that's been, you know, kind of eyeing him up the whole time. And when he walks out to go to the outhouse, like she keeps kind of looking toward the door. Ugh. And I was like, mm, just wait for him to come back. Okay. So now, the scene, what, what bothers me is he's in the outhouse. They as, show him wiping. Well, that that's the whole thing. They show him wiping because three seconds later, she comes into the outhouse and starts getting sexy. And with the very hand that he wiped with, like she wants to be Ew. sexy. So she puts his finger in her in, oh, in her I, mouth. What? And he even says, no, he tries to stop it for like a hot second. Cause he just wiped his butt with that hand. And then she put that hand in her mouth and all over her face. She put his dookie particles in her mouth. I'm gonna barf. I'm gonna barf. <laughs> I can't. I was so disgusted that I, I'm like dry heaving right now. Just thinking about it. I might go, but I'm not even gonna joke. I was so horrified. By the fact that they showed him wipe his hand, like went out of their way to show him wipe with that hand in an outhouse, I might add, where I would argue that like you're definitely hitting things in there. Well, like and, and there's poop in there. Like that's this is right. right. It's not like like let me just paint the picture. This yeah, is you not can't a flush. This is not a porta potty that has like that little chemical brick in it. This <sighs> is a wooden structure with a hole. And you just put everything right in the hole and it just lives in the hole. And like, he's got pants around the ankles and she comes in and like sits on his lap to like do it with him. And like, there, there's, there's, I'm seriously nauseous. I'm seriously going <laughs> to so barf. Gross. I'm sorry. There is no man on earth. I'm going to tell you right now, David Tennant, not going to happen. Nick Cage, not going to happen. Like, I'm sorry men that i would legit probably like push an old lady out of the way to get to 
I will not suck. I will not touch your wiener in an outhouse when you have just pooped. <laughs> no, I know it skeeves me so badly. So <laughs> ba- I can't even tell you that when I watched that scene, I literally had to pause the movie, run like I was hysterical, flailing arms <laughs> to find my, my phone and message you because I I needed the emotional healing from that trauma. Okay, I will take ten new new wave extreme French films yes. over that scene any day. And when she put his fingers in her mouth. Yeah. And he was like, no. And then he just let it happen. Oh, God. Because he's a... Right. There's no, there's no amount. There's no amount of sexual desire. <laughs> I gotta tag you know out of this conversation. I'm it puke. can't smell good in there. Ugh. It can't smell good. Okay. So, so they, they have, okay. So here's, here's, it gets a little bit better because they have sex in the outhouse and then he leaves you know, to go back inside and, you know, be all glowy. And I just did a girl in that house and she's still in there getting dressed. And one of the zombies like pulls her like from underneath into the poop hole. Uh, And when she she comes out and it's like, finally she crawls out, she's got poop all over. She is covered in the poop. And I'm just like, girl, that's what happens when you make, when you do the hippity dippity in an outhouse it was it was horrifying jackie it was i couldn't that entire scene that poor girl got dragged into a big pile of poop yes and because you know that guy's not making a little gentle poop no no he's been drinking beer he's got (laughs) beer poops he looks like a man that could probably put away a couple of burgers in one sitting oh god not that is not going to be pleasant he wrecked that outhouse and I just have in really big letters and let it be a life lesson. If we have younger listeners, uh, if we have somebody maybe debating, no dookie sex. No, please. No. No. If you, if you want to, if you want to do butt stuff, that's fine. Nobody is passing judgment, but you make it clean butt sex. I feel like this is literally the more, you know, like one of our PSAs, like we should go on television with this message because I like us and Mark Paul Gossler, because this is an important message for the kids to know that it's okay to do butt stuff, but don't not make that way. Clean. Make it clean. Although isn't there, there's probably, there's a poop fetish. There's poop fetishes. I don't want, there's bleh. a fetish for everything. So there's got to be a poop I, fetish. I feel like there. I hear like Joshua's voice in my head being like, don't kink shame. Like, <laughs> I feel like he'd be yelling at me right now. I'm not kink shaming. You do you. It's just, it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> yeah, just, you know what? It's, it, we have been in a pandemic for 10 months. Mm-hmm. So germs are at the height of, of all of, or not the height, at the forefront of all of our minds. And, and poop is germy. Yeah. Poop is germs. Poop is and you know what? Wash your hands. <laughs> this don't movie. don't don't wipe your butt. No. And I'm not saying he wiped his butt with his hand, but you still. Oh, I'm gonna. Th- you, I'm gonna. You say, still wipe. You know he you he used toilet that paper. That toilet paper was not. Even oh, it is one ply. ply. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's one ply. I mean, reg- I don't house, care if you have. A, a top I don't brand. care if you three ply. When you go to the bathroom and you finish, you wash your hands. That's not, not just, new. No, That's not new like, for the pandemic. That's someone, been your whole life. As someone who has never used an outhouse, I'm presuming the norm is you go inside and wash your hands inside once you're done in the outhouse. I like guess. that's gonna, you're gonna need a lot of Lysol wipes for that place. Like I'm a like it's like a Porter John. I'm just ski. I mean, at least Porter Johns have the hand sanitizer things in there. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. they do. All yeah, right, oh. I think we've sufficiently disgusted everyone. Okay, yeah, we good. We're um, good. My another thing I uh, that annoyed me. What well, if I may give a critique because I did think this was just good fun. Yeah. Um. The whole 
the whole plot line of the the ghost one-eyed willy wanting his um nazi nazi zombie one-eyed willy wanting his um treasure back mm -hmm. didn't make sense because they were ki they killed the girl the very first girl mm -hmm. before they even touched the treasure and they killed the old guy and he had nothing to do with their treasure so I don't know that they were just after the treasure. I was annoyed when that when it worked for him to just throw the coin and they were done with him. Like, I yeah. feel like it didn't add up because they killed a lot of people before the treasure got molested by these kids. My Now, that was... See, I, I had that thought too. And I guess... I don't know if they're chalking it up to, like, they'll kill anybody that's been in that house. Because the girl in the beginning, she had made it to the house because they found her bag outside. So she had made it to the house originally. So I kind of chalk that up to uh, okay. if you've been in the house, technically like you've been marked essentially. I gotcha. Okay. That's, that's kind of what I took it as. But I do, I do agree that like you're, it's, that's a stretch. What I'm saying I think is a real stretch. And I do agree with the whole, they could have done something a little better with that. Um, yeah, no. And I also like, I liked the play on the idea of the, them being Nazis. I think it was a clever wink and nod to all of the, you know, macabre and stories we hear of all the crazy experiments and stuff like that, that the Nazis did in the supernatural realm. Um, obviously it's been done in so many different ways, but I do think it's interesting to think that these little towns and little like villages all over Europe are going to have these really crazy histories and these really violent pasts. And like, listen, we're not exempt to it here, right? But it's particularly in relation to World War II, I think those ghosts, if you will, of, of the atrocities of the past really must weigh heavily into their daily existence and into their overall memory. And people find things of gold and, you know, Nazi uniforms and all kinds of crazy stuff all the time and I, I to I've actually find that part of it really interesting like I I think this idea of you know the 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 so the un, so on you know excuse me this idea of like paying for the sins of the past uh is a fascinating one and even though this movie was very silly and had a lot of like nods to american culture like i loved when they quoted indiana jones i loved when they like you know made references to american films but i also think it was a very interesting um play on the, the the harbinger role because he actually had a kind of point in being like you don't really know what you're getting into when you just march up here you don't know the history you don't respect the town you don't really get it and i think that that's a very common feeling that people have in areas where people come visit and really they just kind of it's like you know how much uh, the jersey shore everybody hates the bennies and the shoebies right like it's you come into town you don't respect it you don't understand the history and this is the kind of stuff that happens to you now with all that being said i will say one of my i thought a fun part was when uh, the two dudes went full on like Ash and Evil Dead on all the zombies. I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry, hot take. The girlfriend deserved to die. Because <laughs> who walks up to someone who has like a chainsaw in their hands and is like violently fighting or whatever he had in his hands at that point, like knives or whatever, aggressively vi violently fighting a horde of zombies and taps them on the shoulder? No, I agree. Tap, tap. I, I have to I have to go back to a point you said because I find it really interesting talking about um, you know places that you know where where the 
where World War II was fought, you know, all, you know, how, how you were saying that. And, you know, I guess the, the closest, well, not the closest thing, we, we have the Civil War. Like, we've been to sure. Gettysburg. We've seen, you know, kind of all the cool things that they have going on there. But we're also going back like 150 some odd years since the Civil War happened. We're pretty, you know, as far as the age of our country, we're pretty far removed from a war being fought on our soil. Um, so, no, I find that really interesting that it's not something you would think about that. Yeah. Like there's going to be these random little towns and like fucking Normandy that are like, yeah, some shit went down here. You're yeah. going to find something or, or things like that. Um, the other reason, uh, and so I'll, I'll skip back. The other reason why I was really happy that the girlfriend died, not happy that she died, but um, I thought the funniest part of this whole movie <laughs> was she, when she was in the tree and the bird starting attacked her, started attacking her and, and she killed the bird. I laughed really hard too. I gotta be honest with you, but I was also in a moment of fucking bird. Like, I, <laughs> you know, like I, I was with the her. Wings, the way that she grabs it and she's like literally like beating its head on the tree trunk. It was, it was funny. Like those moments it was hysterical. were very. And then there's yeah, like that moment rainy. of she wins. Cause she's, she's in a tree. She's running from the zombies. She climbs up a tree in order to hide and you know elude the zombies yeah and then this bird starts fucking with she her because she's right next it, to yeah. the nest and she ends up like the bird's flapping at her and she ends up <laughs> killing the bird and then there's this like moment of silence where she has killed the bird and she is victorious and she looks down and both of the zombies are under the tree she's in looking at her like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> Um, no, it was amazing. Yeah, their faces. I, yeah. I also thought like they were the zombies were fun in makeup and like effects wise. I was pleased, yeah. you know, yeah, like it was absolutely. it was fun little makeup. Um, I thought that it did a good job of not taking itself too seriously, being very a Sam Raimi tribute. I thought I it really did a good job of like infusing humor in a way that didn't ruin. I mean, obviously, I don't think it was scary by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but it was just fun. Um. Yeah, and I thought the theme of the importance of the youth remembering the past was a poignant run one. I yeah. think, you know, in a way, that wasn't their shit to take, and they shouldn't have even considered taking it. And and when yeah. they decided to, you know, mess with the treasures, they kind of, not that the Nazis deserve it either, because it's all stolen, but, yeah. you know, bring it back yeah. to the neighbor. My, my final note, uh, my final note for this one, mm -hmm. uh, when Martin gets bit by a zombie, he no. thinks that the, that the right thing to do is cut off his arm because, you know, you don't <laughs> want the infection to spread. And he goes through this whole dramatic thing and he cuts his arm off with a chainsaw. Um, and then a zombie pops up and bites him in the dick. And my note, my final note, big letters, lots of exclamation points, was he just got a snow job. <laughs> ah, I love that you just made a bad joke to yourself in your notes. It was like, maybe. <laughs> I did. I, know. I was like, he got a snow job because he popped up from the snow. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yes. It was fantastic. Oh, gosh. Um, all right. So I'm chomping at the bit. Yeah. Hon intended to uh <laughs> no job um to <laughs> i'm definitely <laughs> um to talk about this next movie because i am delighted by it i gotta be honest with you though i thought we were gonna go to fisticuffs on this one we you know we kind of started we kind of mm -hmm. started going so i knew we, it i knew yeah we were gonna, so yeah. so we started so marissa suggested scare me yes and i had she, seen it she in had october seen it, and i was and obsessed she had said 
I'm afraid or no, not afraid. She's like, I'm not sure if you're going to like it. Like, I'm not sure if this is going to be like a Jackie approved kind of movie. And I mm-hmm. said, you know what? It's I read the premise. It seems pretty cool. Let's give it a shot. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I liked it. No, no, no. Let me skip. Let me let me let me just skip ahead to the end. This movie is fucking fantastic. I love this movie. Good. Okay. But, me too. But There's in the but. beginning, her and I were on Messenger yesterday. And I was, I, I was worked up. It was, it, we were getting like, we, we legit, like, it, here's the thing. We get into our little heated conversations. And at the end, we, you know, make a kiss. We hug. Yeah. <laughs> kind of fondle yeah. our boobies a little bit. Just and it's tap. fine at the end of the day. Because... We, we can do that kind of thing. But yeah, Absolutely. it definitely got heated. because So we got heated because we were talking about the character of Fanny. Right. And I, you know, come out the gate thinking that Fanny is just the absolute worst kind of human being there is on the planet. And Marissa's like, really? Because she's kind of my spirit animal. Like, I look to her and wish to be, like, that strong and independent and fierce. And I'm like, yep. I think she's a cunt. So <laughs> we then had this nice dialogue about, you know everything about her character we had such good because like you made good points and i even i have to say okay so the the plot of the movie is basically two writers telling stories to one another to scare each other right it's not even really something we have to go into too much it's a fucking phenomenal movie watch it if you haven't it's a directed written and produced and starring josh rubin uh who basically what one of the reasons i love him is because he said that this movie was like his fu to college humor when he left college humor because he felt like he is so entrenched in like dick and fart jokes and like you know patriarchal bs so like he's he he did this in in a very conscient conscientious way i also am not even gonna lie to you i am crushing hard on Aya Cash. Like, I was obsessed with her and the boys. Like, I thought she was so good at being evil. Um, I couldn't tell how old she was, but and so when I found out she was only one year younger than us, I was delighted. Yes. Because she looks <laughs> like a teenager, for she crying does. out She's loud. got a very young face, yeah. And now I'm watching uh, You're the Worst, and I'm probably I'm in love with her. Like, I might be, you know. Uh, no, I just think did, she's amazing. She did fantastic. One of, one of my notes is the character Fred, Josh Rubin, um, his impressions oh my god I love his impressions was, i want to hang out with him he he just too. seems like he seems like one of us only not, only not the serial killer version of him um so one of your so okay so you literally were like she's she's an asshole right you, you yeah no you know what, her, let's let's go into the chat I have let's, it. you called oh, you so okay. yeah so you said five minutes into well the, let's talk about your first comment because i'm here for this uh the the, the uber dry the Uber driver is your spirit animal. I love her. Do you know James Cameron? Like she Cameron? Cameron you know she was have you heard of James Cameron? Adorable. And like her story about like she was gonna write about the Bible. Oh god. Your first comment to me. So my only comment on Fanny, because I knew you were gonna have a lot of feelings, was I wrote, She's my spirit animal. I wish I could be just like her, right? Your first comment on her was, Holy crap, Fanny is such a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hold on i'm still scrolling through all of our barf ones from the uh <laughs> from dead snow from the, the dead, dead snow, snow yeah all right now that we're done with all our gag gifts um uh she is such a cunt if her character doesn't have some sort of turnaround she will ruin this movie for me i just want to punch her and i said i thought that's what you might have thought <laughs> i fucking love her i wish i had that level of shittiness towards people who deserve it 
oh, she, you wrote, she is so entitled. How does Fred deserve it? And I was like, deserve what? Her calling him out for being a white privileged man? And she was like, and you said, her shitty attitude. From the word go, he introduced himself and her response was, I didn't ask your name. But a minute later, he busts, she busts into his cabin. So he, they're both out running, right? The, the premise is they both rented these cabins, they're both writing, right? For the weekend. She's like, ow, in the road. And he turns and asks her if she's okay. And she's like, I'm fine, just shitty knee, not a big deal, right? He goes, my name's Fred. And all she says is, I didn't ask. And again, maybe that was rude, but maybe women shouldn't feel obligated to tell a strange man their name just because he decides. Like, you're right. It's, it is, you know, like I thought about it long and hard. And I was like, you're right. She has bad manners in that moment. Yeah. But fucking good for her is where I'm coming from. Because what I love about her character and why I say I wish that I could be more like Fanny in this movie is because Fanny doesn't apologize for her success. She doesn't act like she's inferior. She doesn't, oh, I have to be polite and well-mannered. And like one of the biggest like aha moments I had in 2020, and you're going to make fun of me for this, was I read Anna Kendrick's memoir. <laughs> and one of the chapters was called um, maybe it's okay to be a bitch. And it was about how like, we are so ingrained in this idea as women of being polite, that we often ignore warning signs or do things we're not comfortable with, or like put ourselves in situations that aren't great in the name of being nice, because nobody wants to be the bitch, right? Well, fuck it, be the bitch. She, she didn't want to know his name. Later on, she does show up, and you're right, she, ex in my head, that was her extending an olive branch, though, being like, all right, let's hang out. So now what I, so what I had said was, because my problem was, he, he, you know, like I said, they're having that little conversation, and he's like, I'm Fred, and she's like, I didn't ask your name. Right. <laughs> That's, I'm sorry, you know what, if you want to be empowered by being a bitch, go ahead, but know that I'm going to judge you for being a shitty human being. Like, that's just, across the board, I don't care if you're talking to a man, if but you're talking was, to a woman. He was already being so mansplainy. Like, how was he being mansplaining? Because he's like, oh, I'm out here writing, and uh, I'm, I'm, you know. How like, is that, I, man, what, that, tell me how him saying that he's out there writing Maybe is not mansplaining, mansplaining, but it was just a little, per like, I just don't know. I feel Have like- Have you never been attracted to somebody and, like, gotten weird and awkward and said things like, hey, I like your hair follicles? Let me like, ask I, you a question. What? Was he rude to the cab driver? He was a dick to her. He wasn't nice. He barely humored her. He was like yeah. rolling his eyes and like, I mean, he was no better of a human being. And I'm not saying that he was an angel. I'm just and saying that it's not okay for people to be rude and shitty, regardless of, you know, I, I, I just, I can't subscribe to that. That's fair. Be, be an empowered bitch because yep. that just means you are giving a pass to be a shitty human being. Okay. But like if my, here's the way I look at it, right? If Kenzie's an adult and she's out running and a guy says, does like, she doesn't want to give a guy her information or like talk to the guy. Is that rude? No, but you, I have, I guess people are afraid to communicate because when the guy said, Hey, I'm Fred. She responded with, I didn't, I didn't ask. ask your name. Right. I, I get that. Like, I no, but ask. you could, you can, you can literally be like, dude, I, I'm, I'm not interested in knowing your name. Like you can say. That's so much more rude, Jaggy. How is that? I just feel like there was a better way to express that you want nothing okay. to do with him. That's but fair. It does. So here's my, so here's my problem. Okay. Here's my problem. 
He says, hi, I'm Fred. She's like, I don't want to know your name. And she said it with a shitty attitude. She didn't just say like, dude, I don't want to know your name. It was like, I don't want to know your name. Like 10 minutes later, when the power goes out, she come busting up into his house without invitation, without anything. And it's just like, hey, what's up? I'm here. I'm your neighbor. Remember me? Blah, blah, blah. And I had said, if the roles were reversed and he just came busting up in her cabin without invitation and walked in as brazenly as she did, it would be cringy and it would be rapey. And it would be like calling that rapey is a little bit much. But I will say that the difference is he at any point could have told her to leave and she would have. At no point did he not want her there or express that he was not interested in her company. And at no point did she make it a sexual advance. I'm not saying that it was sexual. Flip the switch though. (laughs) And the reason why it's creepy is because we live in a society where men are, we live in a rape culture. So if he shows up at her door, there's going to be that, well, can I just tell him to leave? And will he respect that? And that's part of the problem is that you're right. It isn't cringy or rapey when it's a girl, because if he says to her, you need to leave, we know we're confident enough to know that she's going to turn around and walk out. If in nine out of 10 situations, when the, that gender revolt role is reversed, the man still has the power in that moment. And that's the problem. The problem is, is that when, if a guy shows up at your door, you better hope he's going to respect, right? You got to hope that he's going to be respectful enough to leave. Whereas I don't think anybody's thinking, oh boy, he better hope that she's nice enough to leave. Like, that's the problem. The problem is that that reverse standard exists. And and again, like, I'm with you. There are parts, there are moments where she's shitty. And for the record, I do think it's by design. I think he makes her unlikable in a lot of ways. Um, because it's challenging the, the notions of what the, both of these characters are supposed to represent, right? Because he represents kind of the worst of like the, the super, super fragile male ego, uh, inflated white privileged bullshit man. And she represents the worst of like the fuck you post me too. I'm not going to put up with your bullshit, but I'm going to, it's going to be off putting. So I think, I think they're both extreme examples, but what I will say for Fanny is that a, he is just as shitty to that cab driver as he as as she is to him at the beginning and i think it's done but on purpose because my note on that is so would we all be as rude to that cab driver as he was because i thought he was a dick to her oh he was an absolute dick. He, he's like sorry i don't have any cash and then he's like she's like i'm gonna watch you go in which is so sweet and he's like i'm good like he was a dick he yeah. thought he was better than her oh yeah i like that fanny thought she was better than him and I like it, and I'm not condoning any sort of, like, bitchiness, because there were moments where she was a total see you next Tuesday. But what I'm saying is I like seeing characters who are women and strong enough to be rude and strong enough to feel better than a fucking man. Like, because, and that's why I said to you that, like, she's my spirit animal, because I fucking wish I had that kind of balls. I am so tired of white men and their frail fucking egos, and I'm so tired of having to backtrack myself all the time or cater to that shit in my professional life, in my podcasting life, and when I fucking post something on Facebook. And I'm at a point now where I'm like, man, if only I could be a little ballsier like that, maybe they'd shut the fuck up. <laughs> but anywho... Um, can we talk about the real star of this movie, which was the pizza guy, Carlo? <laughs> Carlo. <laughs> you have to admit, she was awesome to Carlo. Not a one time. No, he was a dick to Carlo. She was nice to him. How was he a dick to Carlo? He was rude. He never went. Like, when? Example. Source. State your source. Uh, okay. When was he rude? When they were putting on the show, him sitting there like this. The whole he time. Was, he, 
Dude, he was high. He was in and out. That was the whole point that he was like barely paying attention because they made him do coke for the first time. They fucking peer pressured him. First of all, that doesn't peer pressure is not a thing. Okay, you either fucking do it or you don't. I've never peer done pressure's not a thing. I've never done coke, and I've been and pressured people... plenty of times. Okay, okay, you go ahead. You raise your girls, telling them peer pressure isn't a thing. How is how could you stand here and say peer pressure is not a thing? They didn't like sit there and belabor his and put no, it in, you but know, they, like, they were like, you want to do it? You should do it. Let's, let's do it. And that, I, I do that all the time when we're doing shots and you don't do it. So, because you're a grown ass woman and you're not going to succumb to high school level peer pressure. And if you did decide to do the shots, I wouldn't be like, well, it's not Jackie's fault. It's mine. Cause I peer pressured her. I'd be like, bitch did too many I'm shots. Not say, I'm not saying that it was her fault. I'm just saying he wasn't being shitty to Carlo because he was ignoring their performance. He was stoned out of his fucking gourd. And I think it was so eyes open. I think it was so obvious that he resented Carlo's presence and was threatened by how nice she was to Carlo. Well, then, then what happened? Because toward the end, he and Carlo were bros when they were doing the live talent show. So why did it suddenly change then, if that's your stance? Well, no, I think when he was acting with Carlo, he was acting. He wasn't like, they were putting on, they were putting on a new movie. So they weren't, that it, at no point in non-acting in their little scary shows, which P.S. the one with the baby scabies was my favorite. Um, <laughs> and I will say like his little impersonations were so freaking good and everybody in that movie acted their their asses oh, yeah. off like they were Absolutely. all into those performances they yes. were not afraid to look stupid and it, it was just such to me it was just such a win i also loved the the editing work with like the visuals and the shadows and like the way they made the stories come to life like i am so impressed with whoever edited and like uh scored this movie because holy shit um <clears throat> but anyway i my my take is I thought it was really obvious that he was threatened by her success and that he felt inadequate. And I'm not saying that she didn't perpetuate that. Like she wasn't happy to kind of dig at him a little bit. Um, but yeah, like, I said she was entitled. She really was. Like it, it okay. her, her behavior at times just really, it really rubbed me the wrong way because I, it, to me, and maybe this is me just being naive and maybe me being oblivious, but like when they were sitting telling stories, and he started his story, his werewolf story. He would say something, she would interject. He would say something, she would correct him or suggest something better. And again, she is a successful writer, he is not. And she makes that known all the time that she is a successful writer. See, I think he is he's not. the one who brings it up all the time. And what bothered me is when she started telling her story, he would say something and she literally said, don't interrupt me. Good. When that's all that she was doing to him. But and again, he, but he could have said, don't interrupt me. I, I don't know. I, 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 to me, that's just, again, maybe I'm too nice. Maybe I'm too nice. And then really just, it doesn't make sense I to me. I think if you look back on the film, she's not the one who keeps bringing up her book. She's not the one who acts like she's the writer and he's the hack. He is. And that's a point she tries to make at, on numerous occasions when she's trying to like build him up a little bit. Like she has good intentions, I believe, in like inspiring him and, and making him rise up. At the end, when she makes the speech about you want it, you fucking work for it. That's no, it. That's I, the secret. I, like I said, like, to me, she seemed like the kind of, it's like one of those teachers that has to, uh, not teachers, but like one of the, like her, her method is, 
I'm going to break you down to build you up again. And to me, that's a form of abuse. Like that's not like, don't sit there and, uh, you know, sit there. He would make a suggestion and she's like, no. How did she abuse him though? I'm not, I don't mean like, I I just mean that like to, to break somebody down, to build them up. It's like, you know, when it's like, I'm, I'm only hard on you because I love you. And I'm like, that was because every time that he would, you know, in the werewolf story, he'd be like, oh, I want to do this. She's like, no, don't do that. Do this. But she's right. Every time, Jackie, every time. It's subjective. Who says she's right? (laughs) Who says that her fucking grandpa story was good? Because it was story was good as fuck. Stop. Uh, No. Okay. Okay. Really? Really? You're going to call your dog Rover? Wow. Way to be an original writer calling your dog Rover. But she breaks his balls because he keeps going back to known tropes in his werewolf story but she's gonna like call her dog rover wow original annie like way to go with that one like that's the kind of bullshit that bothers me that she has the fucking pair on her to try to tear him down a little bit for his ideas but then she's gonna come out the gate with something like that and then tell him don't interrupt me but in a couple of places where he did jump in and give her like push her in directions she went with it eventually yes but again, like, I don't know, like, I'm sorry, like, I will not, I, I, I won't support rude behavior in anybody. Like, maybe that's I just my pet I didn't, I really didn't perceive her behavior to be rude to any extreme or, a, you know, any, so I, I see what you're saying, and I totally respect it. I just personally think that, like, she was acting <laughs> like a typical creator. Like, I don't know, I, the, I, th- I think of all the times I've been in writers rooms where everybody in the room is secretly trying to act like they're the most talented motherfucker in the room. And I also know that there have been numerous occasions in writing rooms very recently in my, in my life where I have felt very, your opinion is not important because you're, you're a a girl. And while the people in the room would never acknowledge that it was made very clear to myself and to other women in the room. So it's like, I kind of loved watching a girl who was unapologetic and I don't know that I ever, and maybe this is just, we just both read it in different ways. I never saw her as flaunting her success. I never saw her as acting better than him. She was always just like, dude, scare me. Let's let, all right. And like, and when she suggested things, he would always just go with them. And I thought that they, they had the same connect like they did the same thing when she was telling the stories and he busted her balls a lot like i was i was he did there was a point where i don't want to hear a story about that i don't want like he did the same fucking shit that she did to him he did to her and he did it out of spite and maybe he she deserved it because she did it to him but like he was shitty all the time she did not want to tell the story of her book he made her right like, why did he do that? Why did he do that to her? To, to, to embarrass her and to like make, he was the one who was obsessed with her success she, and obsessed she, with the idea. She could have said no at any time. She tried. Right? She said no. But she did it. No, she ended up doing the show. She could have said, because, look, dude, I'm not doing it. Right. But she was conceding too. She was conceding at that point. I and will I, say that I, 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 she, I, I cooled my stance on her. You did. You said, you said, I did, I, I, did. I quote, she calmed her tits. Is what she did. She me. did calm her tits because, you know, like they, like I said, she seemed to, there was like a comfort level between the two of them. The guard was down and towards the you end. Know, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, they started to really have fun. Like I did love the moment when at one point he's telling his story and like, it seemed like she was so bored and just like eh, with this story the first and then at one point the first story the werewolf story and then at one point there was just this moment of 
she got into it and then like suddenly she's there with her bowl of chips and she's like and what next and yeah what next? she you right. know it's like she was nice right it got yeah like i said i it, liked she, I that she made on her i kind of liked that she made him earn her respect that's i i do i kind of like that she didn't just give him and maybe you saw it as rude and maybe that's really fair i don't know that it, i don't know that you're i disagree with you but maybe it maybe it's okay to live in a world where a woman gets to be a little guarded and gets to be um the one who feels more in charge of the situation and maybe seeing that power shift is, is a lot for us because here's the thing here that i keep wondering right and if it's okay we'll jump ahead a little bit here i think they make her unlikable so that you think she's to blame and your knee-jerk instinct is going to be to victim blame her for what happened well see now i i have a i have a thought about the ending okay well let's so so basically just if, if you haven't seen it uh, from what i from what i'm to understand he finds her notebook right mm-hmm. and it turns out that she's been writing notes as about a character basically version of fred Mm-hmm. where like she calls him like a totally emasculated totally yeah. threatened fragile fragile, fragile little shit right which she is a hundred thousand percent in her right to do and any writer worth their weight has a notebook that they write shit in all day right mm-hmm. i've got like 12 of them i could show you three right now just sitting on my desk right so you know she that's true that's what makes a writer right we observe the world around us and we try to mm-hmm. take from the, the real world he fucking loses his shit about this though. And we know that he's got a shady past. To be fair, when he told her the story about the the ex-girlfriend, I was like, run girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, he clearly has mental instability and a history of abuse towards women. So to me, her hanging out with him in spite of that was fucking ballsy. But anyway, all right, let me hear your theory. I'm really curious. So I... And maybe this is not the way that it's supposed to go. And maybe this is just the way that my brain wants to perceive it. Okay. But I loved, I looked at it as it was ambiguous. What? Was he really trying to go after her? Does it matter? Was he really just trying to, what? Does it matter? No, it doesn't matter either way. I just like the idea that was he really, maybe he finally was trying to one up her. And the only way that he could like one up, like again, he is, he's extremely threatened by her success. He's threatened that a woman that was clearly also, cause he makes a point to like ask her her age. So clearly she's probably younger than him, more successful than he'll ever be. Like he's struggling the whole nine. So my thought was, is he, is he like really just playing, you know, mm-hmm. like, is he playing that at the whole time? And when she stabs him at the end, you know, it's you know wait this we, whole... we don't know that she stabbed him he was bleeding didn't he have the poker in his chest Yeah, he could have fallen down the stairs and landed on it but she says i'm sorry okay i i took it as like their tussle Uh-oh. like when she's like i'm sorry i'm sorry I'm like she that she him. inadvertently like made it oh up. i like well, i like it yeah i yeah, like regardless that like i took I, it I, as it was like an accident yeah well that my whole thing was it's like i i kind of like looking at it with i don't know whether he really is like, I, you know, I'm here to hurt you. Or if it was like, I, I need to scare her. I need to one up her. I need to, I need to rise above her and be the scariest one. I need to be the most successful at the night because at the end of it all, when he's like, you win because he's dying. Also, where's his body? Because when Bettina PS 
Uber driver, Bettina. I know, I love that she comes back. When she comes back, he's not there. So where's his fucking body? I, I don't know. I assumed it was like on the ground and she just hadn't found it yet. So I think I, I agree with you about the ambiguity. I wasn't 100% sure how serious he was. Mm-hmm. What I do know, though, is that there's nothing scarier in the real world for a, for a woman to be a man decide he wants to kill her. And when he says to her, go run and hide. And if I can't find, like, it was such a fucking insulting way to get power back. And it was such a shit-tastic statement on just how fucking fragile men are man woman i don't care what gender you are you start chasing me like that's nightmare fuel i have a recurring nightmare about being chased so when like they were sitting there talking and then suddenly he just looks at her and he's like run 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 that pissed me off i'm shitting i was so fucking mad because i thought that after all that work she did to keep the power in that relationship Look how fucking easy he stripped her of all of it and put them right back in the normative fucking gender roles of he's the predator and she's the prey. And that's the true fucking scare that you're supposed to have. What scares me about this film is how normative it still is for a woman to be put in a victimization position by a dominant white male just when he decides to go, boom, I'm ready to be now I'm back on top. And there's nothing that she can do other than try to defend herself. And I remember saying, I don't know if I texted it to you or not. I don't remember. I remember saying, I don't think so because I didn't want to spoil it. Because I was like, if she fucking dies, if he kills her, I'm going to fucking hate this movie forever. Because then it's basically like punishing her for even trying to be superior to him in any way, shape, or form. Or even trying to be on his level of equality or whatever she's attempting to do. Now, I do think this movie also speaks a lot about the competitive nature of how shitty writers are to each other. Um, Because we are, right? Creative people are shitty to each other. And I hate it. God, I hate it so much. That's why I like, there's so few people I want to collaborate with because of that. But like, the daily horror of life as a woman in male ego fragile bullshit land which is what most of our realities is 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 just to me is is just this is such a poignant statement on the bullshit of the patriarchy and how we still live with it every freaking day and yeah you're right there are moments where she's rude i will 100 percent give you that but what i will also say is that what what's truly heartbreaking is how quickly he is able to strip her of her power and dignity and everything in that moment. And I am so glad that she just fucking turned and walked away. I'd have been so pissed if she helped him. Yeah, I like that. The, I like that that was her choice at the end that, you know, we don't really know what happened, how he got hurt. If it was her, if, yeah, they, maybe if it, it was, was him, her. if they fell, whatever. Um, but I like that she, because he said, he's like, just, he's like, can you do me a favor? Can you end this for me? Like, I'm suffering. Can you end it? And she picks up a log and has it over her head to hit him in the head. And then she's like, you know what? No, fuck you. No, I'm going to yeah. leave. Yeah, you because know, like it's not- whether or not he meant it is, you're still a fucking asshole. Oh, I don't see it that way, but I- Really? I still- if he was yeah. just trying to scare her, you'd be like, that was a good joke. I don't know if I'd say that was a good joke, but like I said, I, I like I said, I, I'm living in the world where like, to me, they're like, could he have been trying to scare her? The whole thing, scare me, scare me, Fred, come on, scare me, scare me, scare me. And it got to the point where maybe, maybe that, maybe that's what it is. Like you just said, but like she gave him to the scare out. her, to scare her was to strip her of the power. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm not condoning that behavior. But maybe in his white male, privileged, fragile mind, 
the way to scare a woman is to take that power back, is to strip it from her, whether uh, he meant it or not or whatever. But like maybe that's was how, and so maybe it was real, maybe it wasn't real, but either way, he knew the best way to scare her. See, I, I think if I had to really say, here's what happened, he read the journal, it hurt his fragile little ego even more than the whole night had already hurt it when she's signing pizza boxes and crap like that, and he can't fucking stand it. And then she, he, he, the, the switch flips in his head. He has a history of violence. There's a reason why they introduced that. Um, and like obsessive behavior and being a fucking psycho. So he even jokes about being crazy. But like, um, okay, I think- But if, if, if you found, if you found a notebook of one of your writer friends- That and there made was me out to be a bitchy, extreme fucking militant feminist. Yeah, I'd be pissed, but I'm not gonna fucking chase him with a poker. No, but I'm saying like you, you, it sounds, okay, I'm sorry, then I'm just taking what you're saying. You, you kind of are pinpointing his fragile little, you know, male self I because he, he got butt hurt about what she wrote. That's exactly what it, it was. But anybody would get butt hurt if you find someone who you consider a friend writing shit about you in a notebook. Okay. But like, you remember um, Harriet the Spy? They didn't kill her. <laughs> They got no, bad. They stopped he, talking to her. He went extreme. We, uh, as noted, he went extreme. But it's not fair to say that you wouldn't get butt hurt. No, anybody, I, I would. I'm not saying gender. I would get butt hurt. I'm saying I wouldn't. I, it's not justification for murder. And that's it's exactly not, what it was for pin, him. But you're pinpointing it as it like that's a flaw against him. It as is a, man. a flaw against him as a man. Anybody, if anybody, Bullshit. I don't give a fuck who or what you identify as. Bullshit. You find a notebook that a friend- The luxury owns. of picking up a poker and scaring- I'm not, I'm not on that. that power I'm, on, I'm not on that. I'm on the fact that you are pinpointing his fragile male ego yep. because he got upset about some shit someone wrote about him. But it's like she said, she was like, people are gonna shit on you. People are gonna say horrible things about you. At one point in the film, she does talk to them right that yeah. you know and 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 he shits on her story at the end right when she finally tells venus he's a dick about it okay so there's no to me there's no like she hasn't committed some big great error that anybody would have the right to be fucking you know like no, if someone were to right. point you out my flaws i wouldn't like, be I'm just, happy i'm going to the point where i think it's ridiculous to think that I think it's ridiculous that you are saying that 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 you, it takes a certain kind of man to be that damaged by that. Yes, I know. Listen, if Matt found a notebook where I said he's a cranky motherfucker who uh, is 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 you know keeps to himself and doesn't have any friends and whatever, 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 whatever harsh truths about him. If he found it, yeah, he might be a little pissy, but he'd be like, yeah, it's true. Because he's not a fragile white male ego. I think Chad would be the same way. If you write, I don't, you, I don't think that's fair. I, I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't think, think it's fair to I assign gender guy, or race to somebody being upset over finding something that a friend wrote about them. I don't think that's I'm not, fair. I'm not assigning gender and race to it. I'm saying he's a certain kind of guy. You keep saying white male. You keep saying he's white male. He's a certain male. kind of guy. Okay, who's then, not then, used to then the world. Let's blanket that, that like he's a certain kind of person. And yes, and most of those people just happen to be white and male. I don't think that's I don't think it's fair to assign race and gender to somebody being upset because their friend wrote some bullshit about them. Jackie, he didn't just get upset, though. Look what he did. That's my point. My point is sure. Anybody might get a little upset. A white 
damaged, frail male ego I, is or what's a black gonna... or a Latino or an Asian. You're missing. You're missing the point here. You're missing. The I, I don't. I just. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair We're to assign to a race to. Yeah, we will because I don't. I just. I don't find that to be fair because I think that when you come from a position of of being in in a position of power based on your privilege, your ego is a lot more easily bruised than the rest of us. Okay. That's my take. Fair enough. We will yeah. agree to disagree on that one. That works for me. Let's, you want to, can I, can I see your boobies now? Right now. Yeah. Slow. <laughs> <laughs> can you lick your lips while you do it? <laughs> um, and yeah, no, I love you. And I hate that he chases her either way. Um, it's not a very good prank. If it was a prank, it really backfired. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it did. It did. It did not end well. It did not end well. I, will, I will say it looked painful. Yeah, maybe he escaped. That'd be cool. Apparently he's actually, he. I don't know if he's doing it as a joke or what, but he's he keeps saying his next movie is going to be a werewolf movie. And I really hope it has to do with the no, story. No, it is. Oh, I'm so excited. I love is, him. I thought he was great in this. Oh, I, he was so good. Um, so we need creepy. to skip to we need to skip to the uh, the post credit scene or the mid credit scene. <gasps> Did you not watch the mid? -credit no, scene? I turned it off when the credits started rolling. Oh my god! Oh my god! We, right should now. we take? We need to take five. It's not a very long scene. Bettina comes back. <gasps> you need to see it because it's like pinnacle. <laughs> Wait, when she comes back and she eats the piece of pizza and she finds the, the notebook? And writes the book, right? Writes the book. Scare Keeps me? Book. Writes the scare me book? What? What? That's amazing. That's Look so amazing. Patina rules. Team Patina all the way. A hundred percent. I think we could both agree that the real That's, hero here. The real hero is here. Patina. Oh my God. I love that ending so much because they treated, like he treated her like shit. He treated her the way she, See, Fanny treated him. Women come out on top. I'll tell you what, though, I'm here for anything he does moving forward. This movie was so good. It was this, so fun. It was so witty. It was clever. So clever. Dude, all the homages. Oh, my God. Did you see? His little on, Jack Nicholson made me so happy. Did you see what was on the back of Carlo's jacket? His, his work Overlook jacket? Overlook uh, Pizza Company. Overlook Mountain yep. Pizza. I was like, that. there were oh so many God, homages. Scare me. And here's, here's, here's my, my last ditch effort at kind of getting my point across here. Fanny's gonna see that and go, of course. If if Fred were alive to see that, it would melt him down. And I'm not, you're right. It's Maybe it's not fair to say it's a race or a gender issue, but it's just his personality, maybe. But he, it would it would destroy him. It would destroy his little well, I think fragile that's what, self. What, that's what leads to, he probably died. And maybe she found the body. Maybe she didn't find the body. Maybe he tried to crawl off to the woods, but yeah. Yeah, you know but what? either way, that is amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Team Patina all the way. Oh my Bettina god, Patina yeah. fucking rules. What a fucking deal for her. I definitely think this movie is also like a love letter to writers and like Hollywood types. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, which I love. And I loved Patina. Like, I felt so awkward and bad for her at the beginning because he was so shitty, like an awkward, like. And she was so cringy. She was like, there's she no was. She, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody has had that person. There's like somebody oh God, in the office Uber or driver. somebody, yep. somebody on the bus that just starts talking to you. Like we've all, we've all been there and you try, I don't know. He didn't try to be polite, but you know, I don't know. Like yeah. it was just, uh, it was just nice that she got like her little, you know, oh, he got, yeah, she did. you know, she got, she got hers or not. She got hers, but oh, you know what I mean? His. Like yeah. she, she got this reward at the end and I love it. 
I also yeah, no, it, was, um, it was so good. It was so I was so pleasantly surprised, regardless of <laughs> I'm so glad you told the conversation. Me about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it was it was such it was such clever writing. Like, yeah, this is definitely a guy that like if I see his name on something, um, yeah, I will hundred percent check it out because this was just he is a phenomenal actor. His impressions are fantastic. Every actor. Oh my well, god. Everybody I say every actor. There was like four people in this movie, but yeah, still, they were they all were phenomenal. All mm-hmm. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah, she was great. She I did it. So- you mentioned the way that like everybody just kind of like did their thing. Reg- you yeah. know, you look silly or ridiculous or whatever. And, you know, it, it was just, it was right. so they nice to kind of see like, oh, like super balls to the wall. Like, let's mm-hmm. just be goofy and have fun. Um, one of the things that I had said in our chat, and I have it in my notes too, is that I can only imagine that at some point when COVID is over and we are writing, you know, I'm going to start writing with you guys, like a, a Three Crones Productions something. Uh-huh. I'm like, I can only imagine that's like, to me, that's like how it seems like it would be fun to just go somewhere for a weekend, oh like God, get away yeah. and like, let's just write and let's write by like acting it out and having fun and shooting ideas. And I'm like, that's something that uh, I, can, I, can, I can see us. I can see us. Doing oh, hundred percent. I would argue that's how a Krampus Carol came to life. Yeah. Is that we all sat around a table and just ridiculously came up with these absurd suggestions. And I would love to see that movie get made in full because we had some really good ones. Like gingerbread strippers are not something you that you have that idea and then don't follow through with it. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, and I agree. And I thought the magic of what they were doing was really fun. And I also thought they both did so good with the accents of the monster voices. And particularly he, like, he was legitimately creepy at times when he was like the troll. And when he was like, you know, like, oh, I loved it. It was such a great movie. And and, and even with all of like the politics of it aside and agreeing to disagree on all that, I think we both can agree that this is just a really fun movie. Really fun. Although super, I don't know fun. that I don't know that people will it's palatable for people who don't want the politics of it or who don't like wouldn't like that kind of like interesting conversations to bark. You know what though? They my thought on that is they don't necessarily beat you over the head with it. Like it's there in subtext. It's there subtly. And there are times when they kind of really wave that flag. Especially but I don't her, think they, yeah. I don't think they beat you over the head with it. Cause you know me, cause I'd be the first one to be like, shut Right. Up. Well, I think that's, those are the moments where her rudeness does shine. I think the, the most is like when she's like, what are you a fucking incel? Like, I feel like that was <laughs> a little harsh um, when she's like, let me guess playing. <laughs> cause he all, because he says anything but Hawaiian. <laughs> and she makes fun of him. I really think a lot of it was tongue in cheek, though. As a girl who makes jokes who often people don't take as jokes, maybe that's why in my head I'm trying to like push for her more than I should. I don't know. Like, I feel like people think I'm a bitch, but most of the time I'm just being funny and I don't think people <laughs> okay, appreciate it. I'm just trying. <laughs> There's so many good quotes in that movie, too. I love it. I love oh, it. My favorite one, I actually, what probably one of my favorite ones is when in the beginning when he's telling his werewolf story. And the cops come and then there's a werewolf growl and he was like and that's werewolf for like fuck the cops are here (laughs) i know it was so cute it was all the stories were hysterical yeah i I loved it um i will say the one story that actually made me uncomfortable well besides when he was like run and she ran and i was like because then it had that typical tropey slasher flick film feel but like um and i was really afraid they were gonna let her die which would have pissed me off i liked the her story about the grandpa it was creepy you did laugh. I thought it was creepy. Yeah, like, that was, 
you were still mad at her that's why I was I was still <laughs> mad at her so maybe I'm just projecting I was like mad at her and I'm like well you know what I'm mad at you and your you, you your story is stupid and your face is stupid and your story is stupid and you stop being mean that's fair she's mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that I just I'm in a moment in my life where I'm wishing I could be a little more mean I'm, I'm taking a little bit more back from the world around me if I could be turned into a bitch though let me know because I don't want to be a bitch I just want to be like not as like submissive and nice and you know what and maybe that's and maybe that this is on me because we are very different people in that regard where right. I, like I like I don't think that I'm you know how do I want to word this like I would never consider myself submissive I would never like not say something that I felt, you know, like I'm big on the communication and like, if I have an issue, I'm going to come out and say, I don't know. Like, I think we, we, we process and we communicate differently. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying this in any way where one is, you know, better than the other or whatever. We're just, we're built differently. We are built differently. And, and maybe that's part of my issue where I'm not seeing that whole take back the power and it's okay to be a bitch thing because I, I'm going to go ahead and check my white privilege where that's not been a, a, a major issue in my life. And I, I need to recognize that that's my privilege mm -hmm. as, as being, you know, the white girl over here. So, well, I think that's really cool. Thank you. That's on me to, that's on me to recognize. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just, and you know what? I wish I'm envious of that. I think you're a really strong person. And I think it's a beautiful thing that I love about you is your, is your strength and your kind of forwardness. And you're like way more gangsta than I am in that way. And you're right. You are unapologetic about your opinions and who you are. And it's something that I've always been very envious of. I'm not, you're right. I'm not that strong. And maybe that's it. Maybe I, I was defending Fanny because I secretly wished I could be a little stronger in that way. Um, I agree with you though. I think being rude is being rude and there's never an excuse for it for the record. I think you're yeah. right. And that but was no, but again, some, a really important to, point you made. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, again, I, I need to recognize, you know, my, 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 what if, what am I recognizing? Nothing. Just, I think you that know? you're, that you're a strong individual who has, uh, who does not succumb to patriarchal bullshit like I do. <laughs> No. I don't think it's fair to say that you succumb to it. Like I said, we're 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 built differently. We we process well, things I'm, differently. I'm more, and... Yeah, I'm more likely to internalize. I'm less likely yeah. to say things out loud. I'm more. Yeah, and like to... I said, and I don't. It's and I don't. I don't. I didn't want to say that and say that, that and made it. I don't want that to come out as me saying you need to be stronger because you are very oh, I strong. Do. <laughs> no. You are you are a strong black independent woman. Thank you. <laughs> I love you. And I always respect your opinions on all this stuff. And I love that we can have these conversations and not a, not a one of us is enough of a, you know, like, um, uh, so prideful that we think that we're right and you're wrong. I appreciate oh, yeah. all the points you made tonight. And that's, what's beautiful about film, right? We're all going to yeah. just take what we want from it where Fanny might chap your ass just a little bit. She's kind of like uh, floods my basement a little bit. And that's okay. just the beauty okay. of the difference. Yeah. Um, of at least we can both agree that the biggest flood is for Bettina. Oh, 100%. 100%. She's <laughs> At the, the true end of the day. hero. The Either way, I had a lot of fun. Absolutely. These were good wintry movies. They were. To, to ring in the new year with as we still continue to traipse through January. And we've got a lot of surprises coming up, so stick around, folks. We do. We do. We hope you guys have enjoyed our conversation. What 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 is your take? What is your take? Have you seen Scare Me? Because let us See know it. in the comments if you've seen it. Like... 
Am I out of my bird? Which, you know what? 10 points to Marissa for not telling me I'm out of my bird at any point in this episode. Um, you know, see, maybe, maybe, maybe you, are, you are, you are, you are growing as a person because you didn't tell me I was out of my bird. We just agreed it. to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're still out of your bird, but oh yeah, we know for, this. That's yeah, fact. No, no, no. At this point, we don't even need to say no, it. Yeah, we just know that mind, I'm out right? of my bird. No, I'm trying. I'm trying this thing where I don't be so black and white about. Like I, I recognize <laughs> that opi- my opinion is just that. It's an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and when I, one of the biggest things that the Wonder Woman uh, controversy 2021 taught me was I am going to just respectfully agree and disagree when it comes to film critiquing and cinema. <laughs> it's subjective like really y'all like it's subjective like you know there's no need to get personal there's no need to dig or try to justify if you like something if there's one thing I learned being on a movie podcast with one of my best friends who has almost a complete opposite (laughs) like of what I do you just go cool that's cool we can like and dislike different things and still be madly in love and that's where we are and that's and that's why this makes me happy and i think this is far less about our our personal opinions on on movies and far more about finding interesting shit to talk about so we achieved that goal tonight i think Um, we did don't forget to check us out on social media just search jersey ghouls on your favorite podcasting app and you will find us we are on instagram twitter and facebook join the conversation have fun give us five stars on iTunes if you think that I'm out of my bird. And we will see you guys <laughs> next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Sleep all day. Party all night. Oh yeah. Nothing like nocturnal waste when a four-hour shades party power. Wake up at 5 p.m. That's a right about when magic hour. When all you geeks break loose from the workaday news, I'll be rolling. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.